This is Capricorn FM Podcast. This is probably by far the hardest series God has ever powered me to lead. So much so that I've spent the last three months of this year trying my best to run away from this topic. It is funny how in church we talk about demons, we talk about sins of the flesh, we talk about all supernatural phenomena that one has not necessarily yet seen or touched and we believe it so that it exists and it might even have a weight in the very way we live our lives. But we never really talk a lot about some of the issues that are taking place in this world. We never really talk about it when we are at church. We never really teach on church that understands how the world works, though it does not work as the world. We never teach how people should be able to govern and run their lives and manage their lives in such a way that they are able to manage and be successful in this one sphere of life. The church is reluctant to talk about it, yet it is such a massive and important part of our daily lives. In fact, an article done by Africa Czech says three out of six most common crimes committed by offenders is caused uh, by what the offenders regard as financial deprivation. Financial deprivation, meaning a situation in which you do not have the thing or a condition that perhaps does not allow you to be able to financially free yourself. Three out of the six, meaning that half of the issues in the world are caused by lack of financial freedom. I'm not by any means justifying robberies, house break-ins, cash in transit and car theft. But when I do a closer investigation, looking at what really is the root cause of some of these issues, one of the few questions that are asked by laws enforcers when a crime has been committed they usually ask what was the motive meaning there is a reason behind what you have done and seven out of ten times the offenders respond by saying they were desperate for money they were desperate for money so in a world where our system is governed by money and those who have it are making big moves and are earning more and more money every single day. And those who have none continue to struggle to even feed themselves. And there's no food on the table, no bread on the table. So it is difficult to live. Even the worst of offenders who come back from correctional service trying to reestablish themselves in the community, trying to become better. But our system fails them. Our system fails them so much so that they end up going back to prison. And I'll tell you why. They come out of prison and they have a record. Now they're trying to get a job, but they can't get a job because they've got a record. They're trying to feed themselves, but they can't feed themselves because they can't get a job. And they can't get a job because they've got a record. Now they've got their backs against the wall, struggling to find a way forward, struggling to understand exactly how in the world they're going to feed themselves. They end up going back, defaulting back to prison. 
And when some are asked, why have you offended for a second or a third time? They say, well, at least here there is bread that one would eat. There is an ability for me to have clothes on my back and I might even be able to have a shelter because out there it is cold and it is lonely for an offender who's just come out from correctional services. See, there's a difference between being evil and being desperate. And most of the issues that govern our well-being, that govern the relationships that we have, that govern the hospitals that we go to when we're sick, that governs the type of food that we eat that allow us to have the health, that governs the type of life that we lead is governed by money. There are a few things that I want to share with you this morning that you can buy with money. A few things I just want to share with you. The first one is money can buy you peace of mind. Do you sometimes have trouble sleeping at night? Maybe you toss and you turn for hours and you cannot sleep because you are worried about your bills, you are worried about your current job status. Well, having enough money in the bank would solve all of your worries. Having money in the bank would make you not worry about your job for a year or two. Matter of fact, you would sleep like a baby if you had money. Money can buy you peace of mind. Money can also buy you comfort. Do you live in a cramped up space in an apartment where there's two kids and your neighbor is right next to you and uh, perhaps you can't even, can't even think clearly and now it's locked down and you are worried. You've got four kids, five kids in one house in a two bedroom and you are, you are currently cluttered. Money can allow you to have space to be able to look out into views, to look out into water, to have a piece of land that is yours. Money can buy you comfort. Money can buy you a reliable and safe car. It really can. Do you drive a late model that sometimes you struggle to start it in the morning? Do you struggle to just go to work because the car that you use is perhaps old. Well, money can buy you a safe and reliable car. A car with six to eight airbags. A car that will probably be able to tell you when your tire is flat. A car that is so reliable, it will also beep and tell you when your fuel is about to be off. Uh, you don't even need to guess. That's what money can buy you. Money can buy you time. Do you sometimes feel as if you need a break? You need to somehow take some time off and uh, you need to just go and see the world and, and be out just a bit, just for you to be able to regather your thoughts and regenerate your spirit. Money can buy you time where you are not working for eight to nine hours a day and you're not even resting on Sundays. Money can buy you time. So if money can do all of these things that we all so desperately need, why does the church not teach us about money? 
Why is it that the only time money is mentioned in the church is when it is time for tithes and for offering? Why is it that we cannot have a crusade where we where we deliver people from brokenness, where we deliver people from misusing money. We're constantly having crusades about sickness, about driving out demons, about driving out all these things, but we never have a crusade where we are driving out bad financial choices that are made by the children of God. Why is it that Every single time there is a crusade, a gathering, all-night prayer, Vazalona, we never pray that God should help us govern our money. So I thought to ask you this morning, I just thought to ask you, I just, I thought it might be relevant in this time in life that in her guide in the Bible, God says, for this is what the Lord of hosts says. Once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and they will come with all their treasures. And I will fill their houses with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Now, this is the part that really got me. On eight, it says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. And you, if, if truly you and I can agree and believe that truly silver and gold is God's and we are the children of God who are an inheritance to what God has, why is it, why is it that then Christians are poor? If your father is rich, inevitably you will be rich. Of course, there are dynamics that drive that, but inevitably you will be rich. Why is it that the children of God are poor? I just thought I'd just ask you this question this morning. If truly you are an inheritance with Christ, if truly Christ has called you on this earth to do great and mighty things, if truly you understand that you are called for great things in this world, that you are called to conquer every single thing in this world, then why are Christians poor? If you just join me, thank you so very much for making time to... uh, to listen to the word of God. Thank you so very much for uh, turning on your radio, turning on your TV, and uh, I'm probably coming through from DSTV Audio Bouquet 884, wherever you are. Alternatively, you are live streaming. But wherever you might find yourself in the world, thank you so very much for making time and spending it with myself. Magwabeni. I appreciate it so very much. You have no idea how much I love spending time with you. In this hour, I play you 100% local gospel music. This is music that you love, music that is played exclusively for you. Karabo M is going to be coming up next. But the word for today comes from uh, Ecclesiastes 10 verses uh, 19. 
a verse that I, uh, I'd like you to keep in your mind. I'd like you to write it down. And if possible, have it written somewhere where you'll always see it and perhaps even put it in your wallet. This very verse I'm going to read now. If you have it, allow me to uh, allow me to read for you. And it says, "A feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything." It is not just in my Bible. I hope it is also in yours. It is Ecclesiastes 10, verses uh, 19. It says, a feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry. And money is the answer for everything. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we bless the reading of your word, O God. Your word that has power. Your word that is alive. Your word that is able to restore and renew. Father God, I I thank you for revelation. I thank you that today we're going to be breaking the bondages of poverty. I thank you, Father God, that your word will be able to restore us, that we might be able to see ourselves in a different light. Father, minimize me that I might not speak my heart, but I may speak your true word, undiluted, unapologetic, and true, so that your people may receive restoration. This morning, uh, you and I have uh, started a brand new series. A series that truly is very sobering, thought-provoking, but also very much restoring. It is a series that is uh, aligned to help us understand and perhaps even reposition us as the children of God to be able to live a life that God intended for us to live. See, there are certain things this morning I want to break. And one of them is a misconception that we live with, that we perhaps have uh, become accustomed to, that makes it okay for the children of God to live on earth poor. I want to break financial illiteracy. And I also want to breathe into you the spirit of understanding how to use money I think we live in a time where we really have to look, take a really close look at who we are in the body of Christ and some of the notions and concepts perhaps we have been fed over the years some of the things that we have believed over the years truly have not been true some of the things that Perhaps you and I have lived our lives justifying the way that we are living. Perhaps even being okay with things not being okay. That have made it so difficult for God to be able to open up the doors of heaven to bless us. Because you and I have not yet opened up our understanding and our ability to level head ourselves that God might be able to restore us. You see, the word money 
in the Bible is referred to as uh, gold and silver. The two forms of currencies used in that uh, part of the world during biblical times. They were referring to money, but they were busy saying gold and silver. Looking at the King James Version, the Bible also significantly mentions gold 417 times. Silver, 320 times. Gold is referred more often in the Bible than any other metal. It is also mentioned also in the story of Adam and Eve in the second book of Genesis verses 11 to 14, speaking on the land of Havalia, where there is gold and the gold of that land is good. Silver first appears in Genesis 13 verses 2. Talking about uh, Abram's riches of cattle, silver, and of gold. There is a real significance that money is given in the Bible. And note me well, a real significance that money is given in the Bible. For example, did you know that financial matters are mentioned more often in the Bible than prayer and healing? If you look at the Bible, financial matters, it is mentioned more often than prayer, healing, and mercy. Meaning that it is truly an important part of what it means to be a child of God living on earth. If the Bible specifically highlights money, money, more often than prayer, healing, and mercy. Truly, I think, this is what I believe. I think the children of God are not poor. We just use money poorly. The children of God are not poor. We pray more about physical and spiritual ailments than we do about financial ailments. We need to normalize praying to God to lead us to understand money. We need to normalize asking God to lead us to opportunities that can help us make more money. Child of God, I bet you right now, if you were to give me a list of your prayer items, a list of your prayer items, I bet you a check of one million rand would probably be able to half that list from your prayer items. That some of your problems would be solved simply by just having money we need to start being smart about money and recognize that in the very basic nature money is not evil it's not evil the same 10,000 rand someone would use to pay for their fees is the same 10,000 rand that someone would use to bribe someone else money is not evil therefore I ask you child of God why do you treat it as if it is? Because the Bible clearly says to me that the love of money is the root of all evil. But money in itself, it solves all life's problems. <laughs> Child of God, it is not common, nor is it normal for us to continue as the children of God to be praying for our fees to be paid. You need money. 
it is not common for us to continue fasting and praying for your rent to be prayed. You need money. It is not common, child of God, for you to be praying that your tank, which is empty, must be filled. And as you go from Johannesburg and back and you keep fasting, thinking that somehow your tank will be fueled. Child of God, you need money. Where now, child of God, your problems can be solved with money. The Bible says money solves all things, meaning... If you knew how to make money, if you knew how to save money, if you knew how to invest money, if you knew how to move money from one space to another space to make more money, child of God, half of your issues, half of your prayer items, half of the things that you are worried about would be solved by money. But now because our pastors don't talk about money, The church doesn't talk about money. The only time we talk about money is when it is offering time, but we never really align our spiritual power to help us have money. How in the world would you get money, child of God? So how do we get out of financial poverty that we are experiencing? How do we break the bondage of poverty in our lives? How do we make sure that we we become the lost generation of people who are confronted with poverty but trust and believe in God? I'm so glad that you asked me that question. I could I could feel you asking me that question. <laughs> few nuggets I want to share with you. Child of God, the Bible advises against being too attracted to money. That's the first nugget I want you to note down. The Bible advises us not to be too attracted to money, but the Bible encourages that we trust God to provide. And really, in God providing, Then you trying to build up and you trying to maximize on what God has provided. Many of us have the money. You are just spending it wrong. Money solves all life's issues. But the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the issue, child of God. It is that when you start to have money, sometimes you stop looking up to God. And you become a God yourself. That you stop praying to God to show you more opportunities to build your wealth. That you stop asking God how can you grow his kingdom and your family's generational wealth. And you become wasteful. Buying things with money you don't have. Things you really don't need. Trying to impress people you yourself don't even like. Proverbs 32 says, uh, do not wear yourself out to get riches. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Cast by a, a glance at riches and they go 
by quickly. They are gone. But truly, for you to be able to be elevated, child of God, you need to constantly be aware of who you are. You need to start praying prayers that allow you to be able to, in a, to be in a space of victory, for you to be in space where you are financially free. It is not okay, child of God, that we constantly gather day in and day out praying for things that can be solved with money. You just need to work hard, child of God. Yes, God will provide, but can you provide energy and work one or two jobs need be? Can you be the one to open up the opportunities for you to be able to be wealthy? Can you stop? child of God pretending as if everything is going to fall from the sky and begin to manage your money and to the churches I would really ask that when we talk about money can we also be responsible at the children of God the reason people are holding back their money is because we are not showing them where their money is going we are not showing them that their money is going. Now it is COVID-19. We don't know where the money has gone. Are we spending our money wrong? And does that become the reason why Christians remain poor? That was Capricorn FM Podcast.